the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Please like the podcast and subscribe to this channel. Thank you. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from www.relationshipmistakesbook.com and amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is an advocate for survivors of narcissistic abuse in relationships, Marcia Hilton. Greetings, Marcia. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nigel. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. I understand you have been in an abusive relationship. So how did you meet your abusive ex-partner? Right. Well, to be honest, I've actually been in two, um, two you know, abusive relationships. The first one was um, when I was very young when I first left school. Um, and so that was the, you know, the father of my children. Um, many years later, fast forward, um, I met the um, latest partner about 16 years ago. Um, and um, it was through mutual friends. And um, yeah, that's that's how I met him. Um, yeah, very um, sociable, likable person. Um, and back then, um, he yeah seemed like a really nice, a nice person. So, how long were you together? At that time, I think it was about two years. And when did you realise you were in an abusive relationship? At that point, I didn't. We then split. Um, and that was very um, drama filled with um, lots of other women and all of that. Um, so, and I, I wasn't actually aware at that point that he, he he was a narcissist, but he left when we split, he immigrated, went abroad, lived there for about 15, 15 16 years. And, and then more recently, about 2014, 15, he sought me out, came back to the UK and did his best to find me so it was contacting all you know friends and other family members um and to everybody else and even to me it was like wow this guy's really um on a mission to to find me and he did he did in the end I was initially I was like oh you know he just appeared popped up again after 15 16 years and in my head you know it was water under the bridge we, um, you know, I was cool with just being friends and whatever. So he had, you know, he was, I gave him my number and we kept in touch. But then it was like every day we were in touch. He would, because he'd gone back to the States, he was living in the States now. So he would call every day. And before I knew it, we were in this long distance relationship. Now he would come over to the UK more than I would go there. But when he did come, you know, he was very giving everybody thought he was amazing he treated me like a queen he was always bringing gifts it was um and I thought I'd met my soulmate I thought yeah 
the second time round is mature. Um, we've both grown somewhat and it was all good. It was all good. During that period, I noticed that there were certain things that he wasn't too, he wasn't liking too much. So I had friends that were, I had some friends, some of them were male that I'd had for a long time and he didn't like that. And we'd make a big fuss about the fact that I had male friends and he felt that it was undermining him. So we had a bit of a disagreement, but eventually he wore me down to the point where I ended up losing losing my friends. Then he was trying to get us to have a joint bank account because we were planning on getting married as well. He asked me to marry him. Yeah, let's do this. You know, we're grown adults. I knew him from before, um, so it seemed fine. But he was quite controlling. Lots of different things would happen. It was all very subtle. This little undermining of me. Um, so if we went out for a meal in front of friends or whatever, he'd be like, why are you eating the food like that? And I'd be looking at him like, why are you even saying that? Or I don't like that dress that you've got on. And it was like, well, last week, you fantastic dress. What is wrong? So it was little things like that that he would do. And I would just to keep the peace. I wouldn't actually say anything until we got back home or whatever. And I'd say, well, why did he say that? And then he'd deny that he'd said it. I excuse me booked holidays prize for his birthday abroad he was just in Europe and so he came to the UK then we went across to you know for the surprise holiday and I remember I am a little bit lastminute.com and um, I remember I hadn't actually changed up any euros for myself so when we got to the airport I was at the kiosk changing up some money and he was like what are you doing so I said I'm just changing some money and he said don't worry that's fine you don't need to do that and I says, no, no, it's cool. I'll just make sure I've got some money. And he, he insisted, he went on that much that I didn't actually. So in the end, I thought, I didn't change it. I said, okay, he's my man. That's fine. So I didn't have any euros with me. Um, when we went on holiday, he controlled everything, even to the point if we went for a meal and I wanted a glass of wine with my meal, I couldn't even have that. It was like, no, you have a soft drink. I was like, what? I'm a grown woman. So I ended up having to, I don't even know why I did it, but I kind of sneaked to the, um, you know, the hotel reception and changed some money for myself because I, I wasn't really liking what, what was happening here. Then he decided that he was, he had flu, which he didn't, but he decided he had flu and he spent most of the holiday in, in bed and really spoiled it really spoiled the holiday to be honest so it was little things like this and he actually did tell me right at the beginning of the second time around that he was a narcissist now I didn't actually get it and in my head a narcissist was you know those overt people that would be um you know very extra and full of themselves and all of that so I that's not how he presented so I couldn't I couldn't kind of link that with what he was saying to me so what I did say to him at the time was oh well you know we're all on the spectrum to some degree and you don't come over as that so I was completely naive to the fact that there was such a thing as a covert you know undercover or under the radar narcissist so um, but it was just little things that he was doing that really was really undermining and I 
would like to think that I'm quite, you know, independent, not a stupid woman, but I actually found myself trying to kind of catch up, play catch up with him all the time, trying to please him all the time because he it was almost as if he was becoming very disapproving of, of everything. Nothing was ever right. So I was trying to, yeah, play catch up, make sure everything was right for him and stuff. And yeah, trying to appease him all the time and I wasn't sure why I was doing that and then I would have these niggling doubts in my head thinking am I even doing the right thing and when he would come and go we would speak every day so when we reconnected the second time we were together about three three and a bit years and there wasn't a day since we reconnected that we did not speak if it wasn't via phone it would be via FaceTime and I would I remember once having this conversation with him and then you know, he went. And I just had this this feeling that I need to I need to end this relationship. And I was like, why am I even thinking that? He hasn't done anything. There wasn't anything, there wasn't anything obvious that he was doing. But then he was just really he just became quite cool, very much saying things to me that weren't that weren't very, very nice. And I remember he would say things to me like, um, because he cheated in the pattern now first time around he'd say things like oh well once a cheat always that so I kind of wondered whether he was actually seeing somebody else and I asked him outright he never did give me a proper answer to that yeah and I think I think one of the things that he did do to me which actually devastated me was as I said to you we were planning to get married he didn't want my family involved he wanted to pay for everything that's what he said he said I will, you know, I don't want you, your family will do it. And I'm saying, but my mom, um, she would like to be involved. That's what we do. And he was insisting that we didn't do that. So anyway, I'd already scouted where we were going to get married. And he actually sent some money um, for me to, you know, um, to go pay the deposit for the, the, the wedding venue. And when I went to collect the money, because it was through one of those moneygram things, I wasn't able to to get the money. And I remember thinking, that's really odd. So I actually contacted him because he was still in, he was back in the States. And I was saying to him, oh, there's a problem with, with the money. You need to look into it. They said it's from your end. So he said, OK, I'll, I'll have a look. And anyway, he got back to me a little bit later basically said that the the company that he'd used to send the money had said that I was trying to defraud him out of his money and they were trying to protect me protect him sorry so I was the the one that was the aggressor I was the one that was trying to you know steal all his money basically is what he came back and told me and I was like well why would they even think that I was really rocked by it because I think that was my Achilles heel because he knew that I I was I was a bit of a spender as well so I think he used that because it turned out in the end that he'd done that himself so this was something that he'd set up and I I didn't know until sort of after um, that he would do something like that and I couldn't actually get my head around the fact that somebody who claims to love you would do something like that and then the final straw came when we were planning to go on another holiday he came and then told me the day that he arrived, that his his son was was ill, um, and that he may have to go back at any time. So I said, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that." Um, we planned to go to London. Actually, we were going to do um, we had some trips sorted and planned. I'd paid for everything, ready to to go on this 
you know, just go see my family as well while I was there. And he asked me how much money um, I had in my account. And I was like, oh, why are you asking me how much money I've got? Um, So I told him and then he went into this rage and said, well, if you didn't have enough money, why didn't you tell me? And you never talked to me. I'm going back to the States. It just didn't seem to, you know, the crime, the punishment didn't fit the crime. And I was looking at him thinking, what are you talking about? I've just spent all this money booking hotels, booking trips out, booking this, that, the other. And you're just going to go back to this. He'd only been in the country like two days. And he just went cold as ice. And he just said, I'm going. And that's what he did. And I was like, I don't understand what is happening here. Why are you doing this? And I'm trying to get him to, to talk to me. And he's like, he made up his mind, got his tickets changed. And I mean, he went back that day. So part of me wonders whether he'd already planned that already to go back then, because I couldn't understand how he got it sorted so quickly. But he did. That's what he did. He left me basically with me having to explain to everybody that this has happened. He's gone back just left me like that and I was really humiliated and embarrassed by it and I, I, I just didn't understand what was happening so I was calling him um, when he got back to find out what what is this and I said well are we done what's going on um, but he never said that he said no but that we could re- maybe just give ourselves a bit of a break and revisit in a couple of months and I'm scratching my head thinking I don't understand what's going on here Um, And then he would say things to me like, do you know what? I could just slap you. And I'd be like, how dare you even say that to me? Why? I need to know what's, what's, what's happening here. But he never, he never did. And that was it. You know, I tried and talk to him and it would be, he would speak to me and, but it was really cold and very sort of like one and two words, syllables that he'd say to me. And it was like really cold. And, you know, I was very, very upset. and. Well, more than upset I was devastated because I didn't know what was happening felt very lost very like isn't are we not supposed to be getting married what is happening so I was left with this confusion I didn't know what was what was happening and then I happened to stumble about maybe a couple of weeks after he'd gone back and um, I stumbled across an article about narcissism and I remember thinking oh yeah he did say he had that so I read that He received a diagnosis confirming officially that he was a narcissist from who? The military, because he was actually in the military. And because he had PTSD and um, he had some various injuries as well, that he'd been retired. That's why he was able to travel as much as he wanted, really. He was retired from the military. And that's where he got his diagnosis, because I think they have to see in order to get their benefits and whatever they have to see regularly psychiatrists and psychologists and whatever that's where he got his diagnosis and he would tell me that and that was when I had the light bulb moment and I'm thinking oh my god this man (laughs) I've been I am being emotionally abused and had no idea that that was what was happening to me all this time over the three years that we were together. He just abused me emotionally. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I mean, I was starting, I was manifesting physical illness, things that I've never had before, mm. things that doesn't even run in our family or anything like that. And I realise now that a lot of that was down to the fact that I was so stressed emotionally and things were manifesting itself physically for me. 
But that was the time when I just thought, oh my God. It, everything then started to make sense. It was a light bulb moment for me. It made sense. It got to the point where I was reading everything that I could, everything, everything, everything around narcissism, because I couldn't believe that this is what had just happened to me. And I know it might sound a bit vague, but he was mentally and emotionally eroding who who I was. I didn't have the energy and the capacity to do the things that I used to do. I was always quite a switched on person, could multitask, do all kinds of stuff. And I just did not have the energy to do anything, but everything was about him. It was almost like he became my God in a way, because it was like I was trying to do everything for him. And I guess that's kind of what he, he, he wanted anyway. I think once I started to get that information, everything made sense. And then I then emailed him actually and basically said to him that, that I was done and that I he hadn't, you know, he'd left all his things were still here. So I ended up packing everything up. Um, and I remember taking them to a charity shop with my engagement rings because I had about four. I mean, this man used to bombard me with presents. I had, you know, anything... I wanted he'd give it to me you know he'd buy me stuff um so I had all of these things that actually meant nothing you know and I was thinking god I I am in love with this somebody that doesn't exist this is not who he said he is this is not the person that I think I know and I looking back I think he was testing to see what I knew about the condition because I think if anybody in the right mind somebody says that they have that they would be running in the opposite direction so I think he perhaps he was actually testing the waters to see what I actually knew from what I didn't um, and unfortunately for me I, I just didn't didn't get it yeah but that is not unusual in terms of not getting it because in my experience mm. people who have been subjected to narcissistic abuse in a re- relationships they tend to do their research in the aftermath because yeah. they're trying to work out what happened before my experiences. Um, I didn't know the word narcissist, let alone how to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's only in the aftermath that you, people often start researching because mm. they want to kind of figure out, well, what happened? What was this all about? And then yeah. on top of that, of course, you know, there are often consequences, not only your health, because what you were describing earlier would be described as psychosomatic so basically Mm. the mind-body connection so yeah you know if you're stressed out mentally and emotionally eventually it's going to start showing up in your body yeah that's exactly what happened yeah marcia hilton continues her story in abusive relationships episode 12 please like the podcast and subscribe to this channel thank you Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe. Please like the podcast and subscribe to this channel. Thank you.